So this has been an interesting month of talks. You know, April was the month of bright beginnings, and it's and it's really kind of an interesting thing at this point in time in our lives, right? Because we're looking forward to some bright beginnings. You know, being sheltered at home, it's like, when is this going to be over? When do we get to start again? All that kind of stuff. So, so it's been very interesting that this has been the month, and that's been the theme for the month of April: bright beginnings. And we started the month off with intentions and affirmations. Then the following week was leads to manifestations and transformations. And last week was new beginnings. So, so taken all together, right, the whole month said intentions and affirmations lead to manifestations and transformations and new beginnings. So then we wind up here, a new you and a new world. And what I want to say about that is that change is inevitable, we live in a physical world. Change is inevitable. Change in the physical world happens. We can't stop it from happening. What we can do is we can direct that energy for specific changes, for specific conditions that outpicture, right? And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, we are living in a world of continual change, a world in which thought thing, and experience are all in a state of flux. It is the very nature of the universe that there should be continual change and variation. It is a living world, the creation of a living creative intelligence, not a static world created by a god now dead or departed and left to decay. No, it is vital and it is alive. The mind that created it is not apart from it, but always active in and through it. So you, so you can see where change is inevitable. It must happen. And we are always new. You know, when you think about it, right, we are always being born anew. We're reinventing ourselves all the time. We're being born every day, every minute, every hour, every new thought. We are being renewed. We are being renewed. And, you know, even our bodies are in a constant state of change, aren't they? You know that old urban myth, you know, that your body renews itself every seven years. It's completely different. You have all completely different cells in seven years, well, or seven to ten years, whatever the, the myth is. Well, you know, it turns out that that really is somewhat true. You know, depending on the cell, depending on the type of cell it is, I mean, some cells are replaced daily. Some cells take years and years to be replaced. Some are never replaced, right? Think about your digestive system, for example. The, the lining cells, the epithelial cells in your stomach lining or in your intestinal lining, they, they get changed so often, every couple of days, two, three, four days, they are completely changed because they have a really, really hard job, right? They have to live there in among all those digestive acids. So their turnover is very rapid. You know, skin, what about our skin? Our skin cells are replaced every two to four weeks. Um, bones take a while. Now, bones take a, a, a while. Although your bone cells are constantly regenerating, it takes about 10 years to totally renew your skeletal structure. And even that slows as we age. And that's how, uh, why, you know, our bones can become more brittle as we get older, because that process slows down. It slows from 10 years to whatever, you know. What about our blood cells? 90 to 120 days. That's about it. That's all they last. And we have new ones that are being made all the time from our bone marrow. Our liver cells, 
Well, it takes a couple of years for our liver cells to be completely changed over. And your brain, well, here's the interesting part. Some parts regenerate, other cells in the brain, well, not at all. We have them for life, right? And here's a little interesting aside. I didn't know if you knew this or not, but do you know how we know all of this? Interesting. Interesting, you should ask. Okay. It is a bizarre and unexpected byproduct of nuclear testing from the 40s and the 50s that allow us to know this information about the lifespan of the human cells in our bodies. Really, honestly, above-ground nuclear testing deposited in the atmosphere carbon-14, and it decays at such a predictable rate. So by testing the amount in our cells, we can absolutely know without a doubt how old they are. So... Isn't that a little interesting tidbit? Anyway, so our bodies are in a constant state of change, right? We are constantly being renewed. We're constantly changing over. It is up to us to embrace the inevitable. Change is, change is happening all around us. Look at life. Seasons change. The tides go in and out. The phases of the moon change. You know, even if you were to get everything in your life exactly the way you want it, even if you get your house in perfect order at just the way you want it, change will happen, right? The grass will continue to grow. You're going to have to mow the grass all the time. The dust will settle on the furniture. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to dust. You're going to dirty dishes. You're going to have to clean them. The carpet is going to wear out. There is, there is change all around us, even when everything is perfect. So face it, when we're dealing with change, we just have to adapt. We just have to admit it, adapt to it, and know and embrace this idea of change. And just like it takes different amounts of time for different cells in our bodies to change, it takes different amounts of time for our thoughts to change. And time for those changed thoughts to then change and uh, to then manifest in our lives into changed conditions of our lives. And Ernest Holmes said this in 365 Science of Mind. He said, we do not change all of the patterns of our thought in a moment. Rather, it takes place little by little until gradually the old thought patterns become transformed into new ones by some inner alchemy of the mind, the operation of which we do not see, but the manifestation of which we do experience. So little by little, change happens, right? We practice thinking different thoughts. We practice changing our habit thoughts. That takes deliberate practice, right? We have to set aside time every single day to do that. It does, it just, changing our thinking just does not spontaneously happen. You have to know that, right? It takes practice on our part. It takes a commitment to a spiritual practice. Changing our thinking is a conscious practice. As we begin to examine how our lives got to be the way they were to begin with, right? We look over our lives, we look at our choice points, we look at how we made decisions to begin with. And what happens is we begin to see patterns emerge, right? We see we have made decisions based in fear, or we have made decisions based on safety, 
or, or insecurity or out of loneliness. Or perhaps we've made decisions based from low self-esteem. And then we wind up where we are based upon that, based on those false beliefs. So life gets to be the way it is because we've made decisions based on false beliefs. And then we come to a teaching like this, which, which says what? We begin to break down how we've made decisions from the past. Then we begin to access new tools from science of mind, like meditation, like affirmations, like visioning. And we practice believing the universe is a safe and loving place, even during times like this. Right? I know you're sheltering at home. I am. We know that even though this coronavirus is out and about having its way, we know the universe is still a safe place. We can start treating ourselves and each other as if this is a safe and loving place because it is. We can start practicing making decisions based in love, based in joy, based in harmony with life. Not battling it, not trying to protect ourselves from it, not trying to hide ourselves away, right? But to make our decisions based in love, not fear. And Ernest Holmes said this, he said, we must know definitely and consistently that the universe is for us and not against us. Isn't that lovely? I'm going to say that again. We must know definitely and consistently the universe is for us and not against us. It is impersonal, yes, it is impersonal and infallible, which means it works the same way all the time and it works the same way in everyone's life. That's just the way it is. It outpictures using the same divine creative process for, for kings and paupers and everyone in between. The divine creative process works the same for all of us. God is love. God is good all the time, not just sometimes, right? There is no, you know, there is no old God that, that blesses some and curses others. That just does not exist. Our experience of life is the outpicturing of our predominant thoughts. That's what Ernest Holmes said. Our experiences in life are the outpicturing of our most predominant thoughts. And, and or actually, Ernest Holmes goes on to say this. He said, we may be quite emphatic in saying that we think the universe exists for the expression of spirit and the human exists for self-expression because we are the expression of spirit. We are that, you know, so, so when we look around, we see spirit as everything and everyone. We see spirit's expression through us, as us in the world. We see all of the forms that spirit assumes as trees, as animals, as bugs, as fish. Everything in the manifest universe is spirit inhabiting form. We see God's manifestations of life everywhere. And we see our most predominant thoughts about our lives outpicturing as effects in the world. Now, Wayne Dyer said, loving people live in a loving world. Hostile people live in a hostile world. It's the same world. So much of what we outpicture in our lives comes from within. It comes from those 
uh, uh, predominant thoughts and beliefs and feelings that we harbor within us, right? You know, we don't attract what we want. And this is, this is kind of the aside from, you know, those, those law of attraction movies and personalities and things, is that we have to understand we don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. And we have to understand that. Ernest Holmes said, as all is mind, as we attract to us what we first become, until we learn to love, we're not sending out love vibrations. And not until we send out those vibrations can we receive love in return. So we have to become that we, what we wish to experience. We must become that which we, we ex desire to experience. And when we change our thinking, we change those manifestations. When we explore our patterns, we will see things in our own patterns that we wish to change. Now here's where the work comes in, right? Once we start examining our lives and we see those patterns emerge, then it's up to us to change them. Our meditation practice allows us, it, it allows us to see ourselves from the point of view of divine mind. That's really what our meditative practice does. It unites us really consciously with that high, higher vision, right? With first cause. And we get to see ourselves. We get to be the observer in our own life, right? And, and so we can then see how, how these things operate in our lives, how they manifest, you know? We can, we can observe ourselves, oh, engaging in that silly behavior we do over and over again, or that scared reaction that we take all the time, or whatever. We can begin to view our own behaviors from the point of view of the observer, with non-attachment. And so we can see what those habit behaviors are. We observe from the standpoint of the observer, then we can explore the underlying false beliefs that cause that behavior without judgment and without condemnation. And when we get to that false belief, whether it's, you know, lonely or the universe is a scary place or, um, or you know, I'm afraid of life or nobody loves me or whatever that false belief is, we then can exchange it for a spiritual truth and make that our mantra, make that our affirmation, right? This is what Ernest Holmes referred to as the spiritual mental equivalent. We find the false belief, we find what has been driving our decision-making all this time, and then we replace it with that spiritual mental equivalent. It's like a painter changing the hue or the color of the subject on, on the canvas when both the painter and the subject are ourselves. That's really what we're doing. But like Ernest Holmes said, it's a gradual procedure, right? We said that in the beginning. A little at a time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Your life just does not overnight become the ideal scene that you've got in your mind. We must practice all the time. We must practice all the time. Make it a new habit. Make affirmative prayer a new habit. Make meditation a new habit. Make visioning a new habit. Do not give up on yourself or your new thought, even when you don't see conditions around you changing.
Because what's changing is beneath the level of your awareness. It is beneath the, the, the soil, right? It's beneath the surface. But know that change is occurring. And the other thing you need to do is love yourself through this new behavior that you are engaging in, these new patterns you're developing. You have to love yourself, forgive yourself. If you f fail one day, you just go right back to it the next day. You don't ever give up on yourself. You continue with the new habits and the new behaviors. The other thing you can do is seek support from like-minded people. Those people in your spiritual community, like the community of vision, those licensed practitioners are there to help us, to serve us, to guide us when we are taking on these new thoughts. So get yourself a practitioner. There's a whole list of them on our website. Call one of them. Put one on retainer. Get one as your guide through these times so that when you are practicing these new habits you want to adopt based on your spiritual truth and not your false belief, you can have that support. You can have someone knowing the truth for you when you've temporarily forgotten it right? The other thing we need to do is get out of our comfort zone. We need, when, when you are engaging in a new belief it, that requires you to change, you have to be willing to do the things that you've never done before because that's how change happens. So you ha that, that takes us right out of our comfort zone, right? You know, there's an old saying I remember from PTA. It said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. That's true in life. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. So breaking the habits, breaking the old habits based on the false beliefs and, and adopting new habits based on spiritual truths require us to try new things, to get out of our comfort zones, to engage in risk behavior. You know, making new habits to create new behaviors, to manifest new outpicturings takes risk. You have to be willing to assume that. We have to do things in new ways to become new. And then, you know what happens after a while? After a while, the new habits start to become second nature. After a while, we just begin to automatically do what we've been struggling to keep doing. After a while, we begin to notice these new things are automatic. We look into the rearview mirror of life and we see to our surprise how long it's been since we used those old behaviors, those old habit patterns, those old fear thoughts. We realize how long it's been that we have been incorporating these new ways of being. It is slow, it is subtle, and yet it is steady if we continue to make our practice steady. It is our higher self, and this is what I love about this whole thing. It is our higher self that we're really letting out to, to engage in the world. It's our higher nature, right? It's the divine self. We're letting out to play, right? It's the best of us. Right? That we're letting out to play without ego, without fear, without self-doubt. We've left all of those false beliefs behind us. Right? We, be, we slowly become that fully self-actualized self in the world. That's the self that we were meant to be. That's the self-spirit knows us to be. And that's the one that we engage in life with when we are basing our habits on spiritual truths. We begin living what 
uh, Lao Tzu called the four nature, the four, four virtue natures, the four virtue natures, right? Lao Tzu said, uh, the first one is reverence for all life, right? We absolutely, when we are living from our highest selves, we are honoring all life in all form. Everywhere we look, we're seeing God in form. How can we not honor that, right? And the second virtue is natural sincerity. That means we walk our talk. Natural sincerity is our mind and our heart and our feet are all going in the same direction. We are united in our belief and we are absolutely practicing that belief in the world. We are being our beliefs in the world. And then gentleness is the third virtue. Gentleness, uh, the Dalai Lama said it best when he said, my religion is very simple. My religion is kindness. And that's what we're talking about here. Gentleness is just that, just looking upon life and being gentle with all of it. Everyone is struggling. Everyone has a challenge. Everyone is in their own stuff. So we can look at everyone in that gentle nature. And the fourth virtue is supportiveness, being there for others in any way we can. You know, particularly now, I know supportiveness is so, so important. Just to call somebody, you know, vision, call, call one of your vision friends, uh, check in on them, send cards, you know, snail mail is great at this particular point in time, or, or even an email or an email card. Just check in with each other and just let, let each other know we're here for each other. We will process through this and we'll be back together in no time at all, right? But that supportiveness, it, 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 it's an offer for someone else, but it really helps us. And Ernest Holmes said, as the human gives way to the divine in all people, we all become the Christ. And that's what we're talking about. This new you, this new world, when we come out again and we reunite, it is a new world. We are new people. And those small steps at a time, thought by thought, belief by belief, we transform ourselves, we transform our communities, we transform the nation, we transform the planet, we transform the world. We do. And we will be new ourselves, and it will be a new world. Thank you so much. So glad you tuned in.